Right. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Who is having um, uh, bird funerals today? Because I hear with bird funerals, you can have at least 30 people in your home. So, um, yeah, no, don't do that. But, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, there is so much that we can be thankful for. Um, you know, and I, I, you, you would have seen in my email, it's so easy just to pick apart the bad things, isn't it? It's so easy to just draw into the negativity, things that, um, you know, that we can be upset about. But uh, you know, you know what it what it does is when when you do that, it just it it all it does is bring you down. It it doesn't actually um, help you. It doesn't help your soul. It doesn't help your emotional state. But when you look and intentionally bring up the things that you're thankful for, bring up the ways that God has been good to you. Man, oh man, does that ever refresh you? Because God is so good. God has done some amazing things, and He is doing some amazing things. And we have so much that we can, uh, we can just give thanks for. And so do that today when you're with your families, when you're celebrating, when you're enjoying that, uh, that meal, um, whether it's today or tomorrow or yesterday. Uh, you know, we, we, we've been all doing it at different times. And just, uh, just take that moment. Uh, so today uh, we are actually going to continue on with our series. We're going to go along with, um, with our accepted series as we break into Galatians, and uh, we are we have been uh, trucking along pretty good here with this series, and we've been breaking down and looking at uh, a lot of the issues that the Galatian church was dealing with, with the the idea of uh, of law versus uh, versus faith and, and and works, and and so we've been uh, we've been breaking that down, and we're going to continue to do that because we uh, we we have so much to to unpack because this book is so full of rich truths, and, and though there are some moments where it seems like Paul is repeating himself, he's doing so for a very, very uh, good purpose and uh, a, a much-needed reason to do so. So we're going to look at the last part of chapter 3 and, and the beginning of chapter 4 as we look at this, this idea as he continues to address the justification through faith while also dealing with our identity as, uh, as, as a person and our status as God's children. And, and thinking about children, you think about the, 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 ways, uh, the ways of a child and your life as, as gr- growing up as a kid. You know, and I, I just think, uh, I think about uh, Peter Pan. And uh, though the story may have some pretty dark origins, uh, the actual Disney movie is about these, the, these kids who are living in this fantasy land that, uh, that allows them to stay a, a child their whole life. And there's no growing up. And, uh, you know, you get to fly to Neverland. You go to take the second star to the right and go straight on till morning. And now as I talk about Peter Pan, I just keep thinking about the song. You can fly, you can fly, you can fly. I can sing it for you, but I won't. I'll spare you. But do you remember what it's like being a child? Thinking about the freedoms you had. Um, you know, you never have, don't have to get up and go to work. Yeah, you had school, but your summer break? Oh, man, summer break was great. You, 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 you didn't have to worry about paying bills you didn't have to worry about, like, you know, yeah, you had a few chores, but you got an allowance for that. Maybe, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Um, you get to play with your friends. You, you, you get to, to, to watch uh, TV. You get to just relax and not really have too much to worry about, you know. And, and, and really all you, you know, you, 
you think, again, you think of the jingle, I don't want to grow up, I want to be a Toys R Us kid. How many kids just wanted to be like, I don't want to grow up because that means I can't go to Toys R Us? Well, the issue of, uh, of wanting to return back to childhood, to return back to that, that moment of being a kid, say returning to the good old days, oh, yeah, I wish I could go back to the good old days of being a kid. Well, there are many things that you couldn't do as children. There's many things you didn't have to worry about, many things you didn't have to do, but there's a lot of things that you couldn't do. Well, you couldn't drive, right? You couldn't drive yourself to Toys R Us. You had to get your parents to do it for you. Most of the time, they probably weren't going to drive you to Toys R Us all the time, right? So you couldn't drive. You couldn't own a house. You couldn't use a steak knife to cut your own meat. You couldn't couldn't stay up late because even though, again, you had some freedoms, you still had a bedtime. You couldn't go to McDonald's in the middle of the night to feed your Big Mac craving. I've done that more than I would like to admit. It's a little harder now because we're a little further out of town. Kingsville was just down the road from me. Now i got to drive at least six minutes into town. <laughs> so I decide not to do that. We, we, we have uh, all these things that we couldn't do as we were children. When we were children, we didn't have all the freedom that we wanted to. Again, thinking, okay, we don't have a lot of these responsibilities, but we don't have a lot of freedom because we were under the care of our parents and guardian. We were under that care. We were under that protection. Our parents set the standard. Our guardian, our parents set that that pace for us. So they set those rules. They set those bedtimes. Though, yes, we could go out to play, we had to make sure our butts were back in the house before the streetlights came on. We had to make sure that we went to bed at a decent time so we didn't wake up like grizzly bears in the morning. We had to make sure we had our homework done. We had to make sure our teeth were brushed. We... we (laughs) Elliot, uh, because Elliot had a couple issues with his teeth, Nancy is always asking him about, you know, how are your teeth? Do your teeth bother you? We're going to brush your teeth. Okay, mom. Like, he's he's really like, oh, stop asking me about my teeth. They're fine. But this, this, um, this idea of wanting to go back to this old way of living and struggling with the current, the current norm is the sign of, uh, 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 of this identity crisis. And believe it or not, the Galatians, they went through that identity crisis because they were, they were given this new freedom in Christ, but yet they wanted to go back to the old way of, of childhood, of living under the law, living under that guardianship of the law. And, uh, and you know, we're going to look at that and how Paul... Paul has, 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 has described and compared the, 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 the ways of the law in, in, uh, in a number of different ways, but he decides to go a different route this, this time around in, at the end of chapter 3. But like the Galatians, they're struggling with this sense of identity. They're struggling with this, this moment of identity crisis, and Paul reminds them of this precious status, and he points back, he points back and he says, look it, before the way of faith in Christ you were, uh, Christ was available to us. We were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, um, until, uh, until the way of the faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. 
He, what a wonderful picture he paints here because, you know, we think about the law, and the law is rules, the law is regulations, the law has no power to save. But what the law was doing was it was providing a guardianship until, until Christ came. So Christ came and, and, and gave us that faith, gave us that new way of living, gave us that grace of forgiveness of our sins. See, it couldn't, the law couldn't forgive us, but it could put this protection of us so we didn't live too crazy or live too wild right? It reminded you that you were a sinner, but it tried to keep you in line so that you weren't that bad of a sinner, <laughs> you know? It wasn't, it wasn't too bad. You know, oh yeah, you screwed up, but you weren't uh, living in a, a, a debauchery and, 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 and crazy sin like that, but, um, but see, the thing is, the Galatians, they, they knew this, and we're getting to know this now, right? We know that the law doesn't save us. We know that the law uh, you know, doesn't have that power to save. Paul had to remind them again that, listen, you were justified not because of how well you kept the law or didn't keep the law. You were justified because of your faith in Christ. It wasn't until our faith in Christ that we were moved from being under custody of the law to now being God's children. And see, that's what we're going to look at. We're, looking at. we're no longer under this custody, but we got this identity of being Christ's child. We are the sons and daughters of God. This is amazing. This is such an amazing truth. And, and in, in 1 John verse, verse, uh, or chapter 3, verse 1, it says, See how, how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us children, and that is what we are. That is what we are. Now, are all people, every single human being, uh, considered a child of God? No. Not everybody is considered a child of God. We were made in, like, in God's image, but we were, we're not all considered God's children, but we, but we are receiving and received an invitation into his family. Everybody can receive an invitation, but not everyone's going to take it. And so if you don't take that invitation, you're not a child of God. But we today here sitting here, we are children of God, folks, and this is, this is what is amazing. And this morning, we're going to work out of this idea that our identity in Christ does not keep us as slaves binding us to earthly rituals. Rather, it is, uh, we have been invited and adopted into God's household by faith because of the true Son of God. That's the truth we're going to look at this morning. This is what Paul is trying to show them as we look at a few things, as we flesh this out a little bit more and unpack uh, what, what Paul is trying to say is that our, our, our faith in Christ, when we, give our, when, when we give ourselves over to Christ, our faith in Christ changes our status. It changes our status. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. We've changed. It's different. We're changing. We don't, we don't become perfect right away. There's still some kinks to work out. We're all working kinks out of our lives. But our status has now changed. And this is what he's trying to get, get past them. You once believe, you know, once you believe in Christ, you are a child of God. It's important to understand the context of this um, and, and the words that are being used. Paul chooses a Greek word, uh, huios, which means sons. And understand that faith, not rules or rituals, can make you a legitimate son and daughter of God. Your status has been changed because of that. Your status has changed because 
of your faith. And really, that's all it takes is having that faith and, and, and professing, you know, believing in our hearts and professing with our mouths that we believe in Christ. And once we do that, man, oh, man, will our lives ever change. Man, oh, man, will our lives ever just continue to grow as we continue to walk with him regularly. We must carefully observe what he's saying here and really think about these words. Don't gloss over them. Uh, you know, it's, it's dangerous. We, we, we sometimes will read our Bible and sometimes we'll gloss over certain passages and we'll just move on about our day. But we really need to take the time and think about what it is that we're reading. Ponder it. Mull it over in your minds. You know, he, he does not say that you are children of God by circumcision or, or, or say that you are children of God by works or, or, or by what you say, or by keeping the law, or by behaving, or, 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 or listening to your, your parents, or, 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 you know, or listening to your, to your, your spouse, or all this stuff. He does, he's not saying all that. He's saying you are children of God because of your faith. Under the law, only Jews were considered God's people. They, everyone else was sinners. Everyone else was non-believers, heathens, you know, don't talk to us, don't deal with us. Only the Jews were, children's of, were children of God. But praise the Lord, that's all changed. Because that, that, that's all changed. It's all, it's, 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 all, it's all been, you know, we've all been united. So there's no more of this uh, diversity that, and we'll look at that a little bit later. But, um, you know, this, you know, it's very important that, 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 that we clarify this and we understand this, that, that God has opened the doors to all people and said, hey, you all receive this invitation into my family. You've all received this invitation. You know, we, we, in society, we like to place a lot of emphasis on our statuses, don't we? We like to put our emphasis on our statuses, and we like to, to, to identify ourselves by what we do. You know, I am, uh, I am filling the blanks, right? And, you know, if you look at the job titles, you'll notice that, that places these days are changing the way they, they label their, their, their workplaces. So, like, you're not just a, a service attendant or you're not just a worker or a server at places. Like, for an example, Starbucks, you know, you're not considered a server or cashier, but you're a barista. You know, if, you're a gas, if you work at a gas station, you're a, a station attendant. If, if you work in a movie theater, you're a cast member. If you work at Subway, you're now a sandwich artist. So you notice like there's these, these titles and they're, they're changing. And so when people say, start identifying themselves with these titles, I am a pastor, I am a doctor, I am a father, I am a mother, I am a son, I am a daughter, I am, I, I am a lawyer, I am a, a student. And so these are what we say we are. We think about this. And, you know, I, when I think about identity, I think about titles. Um, they were, so I, I loved uh, the Andy Griffith show growing up. Uh, there was reruns, and my, you can ask my mom and dad. They'll back it up. I watched that show over and over and over and over again. Such a funny show. And I think of an episode, uh, it was in season two of Andy and Barney had to go catch a thief, and they were in a different town, and they went to the hotel, and they were checking in the hotel. And so when Barney's signing in, he writes in Barney Fife, M.D., and so the, 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 the clerk hands him the key. Oh, here you go, Dr. Fife, and hands him the key. And he looks, he kind of looks, you know, I don't know if you ever watched the show. If you watched the show, you could just see Barney's puzzled face. And he just kind of looks and he goes, MD. And he goes, well, yeah, you know, he signed 
you signed, or no, he's doctor. He goes, yeah, you signed MD. And even, even uh, Andy kind of looks at him puzzled. He goes, asks him, MD? And he goes, well, yeah, Mayberry deputy. Right? And so we, we, we put this status, we put this status on, on what we do, and we do this proudly. But guess what we could be really proud of is our new status. We could be proud of that. We're not just considered uh, what we do, but we are considered by who we are and who we are in Christ, and that is the son and daughter of Jesus, of God. We are son and daughter of God. We are in the family of God, and we can be proud of that identity. We can be proud of what we do as a person, but we can be even more proud of the fact that we are children of God, that we are not identified by our job status or by our, our, our earthly family status, but because of who he made us in him. And so we have our faith, or so our faith is, uh, and our status has changed, but then we also, um, our faith in, in Christ changes our pre- preconceptions, our preconceptions. Our world today struggles with this, with this idea. Outside of Christ, there is sides. There's political sides. There is racism. There, there are many different um, ways to identify. There's gender, sexual gender preference. There is social class. There, there are so many different ways that divide people. And understand that when we become children of God, there are no racial or other dividing, dividing lines here. That there is no preconceptions, there is no prejudice when it comes to being in the family of God. All of us have, before we entered into Christ, all of us had the same high score of sin. We was all matched. We were all in the civil, you know, you know, you go to the, the, the arcade and you got the high score and you're trying to beat your high score. Uh, and we all have the same high score when it came to sin. There, there was no, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I had more, I had more sin than you did. No, we were all on the same level. We were all equal when it came to that plane. Equal in sin. We were all sinful people. And uh, there was no, there was no first, second, or third place. There was all first place when it came to sin. But regardless uh, of a person's skin color, gender, race, you know, the, their, their, their past, their religion, their occupation, the denomination that they're a part of, it, it does not matter. All who believe in Christ, it doesn't matter any of those things, all who believe in Christ are made new in God's image, and we are a family of God. And like in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 to 29, it says, there is no, no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in, G- in Christ Jesus. And now you, are, you belong to Christ, and you are the true children of Abraham, and you are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Amen. Faith in Christ brings about a new non-prejudice position that no social group could ever give or ever accomplish. There is no group out there who could sit there and say that we don't think about skin color or prejudice. God says, I don't care about what you look like. This, there's a quote, and I love this quote. This is uh, from J. Vernon McGee. I don't care about the skin color. It's the color of the heart that interests me, and there are a lot of people walking around with blackened hearts. It is only in Christ Jesus that we are made one. And, and, and that's so true. It doesn't matter what we look like on the outside or what we associate ourselves with. We are all made one in Jesus. Jesus does not look at that. Jesus does not look at, at, our, at our color, at our status, at our, you know, and, and, and that's one thing we need to understand. So the Jew who believes is saved. 
so that the Gentile who believes is saved. The American who believes is saved. The Canadian who believes is saved. The slave believes is saved. The, uh, the, 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 the free person who believes is saved, the woman who believes is saved, the man who believes is saved, all of us who believe, whether we are black, whether we are white, whether we are homosexual, whether we are, are straight, if we believe in God and give our hearts over to Christ, we are saved in him. And he works on our hearts, and he, and he, and he works and, 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 and perfects us along the way as we continue to walk and submit to him. That's what's so important here to understand. And we need to, we need to make sure that when we say we are accepting, we really mean it. That, we, that we, don't, we don't look at people like the way the world looks at people. We, we have to be better. We have to think better. We have to, to, to behave more like Jesus when it comes to that. And I, and always, and I have to challenge myself like this too. Like, am I true? When I say that, uh, that you know, um, you know, all are welcome. When we think about that, all are welcome to church. Do we really mean that? Like if someone were different to walk through that door, someone who's really different than us, are we really believing when we say all are welcome to walk in these doors? I hope so. Because I know Christ does. Christ doesn't have a prejudice. Yeah, all are welcome. Here's my invitation. Accept it. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you look like. You know, I care about you as a person and I want you here. I want you in my I want you in a part of my family and that's what's so important. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Some of us are Jews and some are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free, but we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. We all share the same spirit. And then finally, our faith in Christ changes our privileges. Changes our privileges. The entire Trinity is involved in the spiritual experience. The entire Trinity. So God, the Father, sent the Son to die for all of us. And then God, the Son, sent his Holy Spirit to live in us. Our privilege changes in these two ways. It changes through relationship, and it changes through resources. And what do I mean by that? Relationship. Paul reminds uh, the Galatians of this change in relationship. And because you are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba Father. Our relationship to the Father changes in such a dynamic way that the law could never provide a relationship, right? Going back to the law, it could never provide a relationship, but the Holy Spirit and the nature of God works and lives in the person's heart. So Abba means father, right? Abba is father. And we now have the spirit of God living in our lives, living in our hearts, living with us. And, um, you know, and to think of it this way, uh, you know, you know, we don't want to over, um, over sentimize it, but, you know, and it may sound lame or cheesy, but think about the moments when, when you are, uh, you know, you're alone and, and you're, you're, you're hurting and you're in need. God is there and he wants us to cry out to him, God, Dad, Father, you know, and he wants us to call out to him because that's who he, that's who he is to us now. He's not just this being that is, that is supreme and above us. He's still a supreme and above us, uh, supreme and, and loving God, but he is now our Father as well. And, and that's what he wants us to call out to him. He wants us to scream out when we need him. He wants us to, to, to know that, hey, 
I am here. I care for you. You know, and, and, and so when you when you are are, are struggling or, or or even just want to uh, just have someone to hold you, God, God, I need you. God, I love you. And you know what? What happens when a dad hears their son or a daughter cry out, Dad, I need you. Dad, I love you. What happens? What do you do? You reach out and you hug them, don't you? Well, God's there. God is, God is the same way. We, our, our, our relationship is now changed because of who we are in him. Uh, what's next that changes is our, our resources. Paul, Paul reminds, them that the, uh, re- reminds them now of the resources that are available to them. And think about this. And, you know, and that may have been a w- weird way to say it, but think about this for a second. Verse 7, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, you are made his heir. Think about the privileges um, when, you, when you think about that verse for a second and think about your household and your family and you're going to have company over. Think about the privileges that um, your family have uh, versus the company that you may have come over, right? You, uh, your company uh, comes over and they enter into the house and, you know, just think about, think of it this way. You know, when your kids walk in, they behave a certain way. I know the way my kids do when they walk in the house and usually they shed half their clothes and they walk out and they walk around the house. But, uh, you know, your company, they have different privileges. They're not going to walk through the door, kick off their shoes, take their socks off, take off their shirts, and then sit on the uh, couch and then, you know, paint your coffee table with their feet, right? Obviously, no, they're not going to do that. That'd be really weird. I would probably get them out of your house if they do. You know, but they don't have access to a lot of your house. They don't have access free reign to your fridge or to your cupboards to help themselves whenever they want, unless you give that to them. They don't have free reign to go and, 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 and use your equipment or go into your garage and use your tools. They don't have free reign to walk into your bathroom and turn on the shower and take a shower. No, they, 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 they don't have that image in your head, eh? Now you're all going to have company over and you're going to start thinking about them painting their coffee table with their feet and taking a shower. Um, but no, they don't have that freedom. But then think of, your, think of your kids. Think of your children. Your children come in and, and though you may not want them to clean your coffee table with their feet, they have the privilege to do so because they are a part of your household. They come in and they have the freedom to go to the fridge or take a shower or just live in the house and use the things that you have because uh, because it, it is their house as well. And that's what it is like with God. The privilege changes. We are heirs to the throne. We are heirs to his family. We, we, we get to receive what he has for us. We get to receive this. And, you know, think of slaves for an example. They don't have the freedoms... Um, to do whatever they want in the master's home. They, they, they have to, they walk around on eggshells. They, they don't have access, but the son has access. The daughter has access. And under Roman law, an adopted child was guaranteed all legal rights to the father's property. We have been adopted into God's house. We have been adopted into his family. We are an heir to God through Christ. We are saved. We are joint heir. Look at Romans 7, uh, 8, 17. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. We share everything. We share absolutely everything, not just the good things, but the bad things too. 
Like we, our privileges, our statuses, all of this, our, the prejudice, it all changes when we are adopted into his house. It all changes. So our identity in Christ, again, going to my main point, our identity in Christ does not keep us as slaves, binding us to earthly rituals, but rather we have been invited and adopted into God's household by faith because of his true son. Praise God. Praise God. I am very thankful for that this morning. Well, what are we thankful for? I am thankful that I am a part of God's household. I am thankful that God invited me into his house. I am thankful that I am considered his son. Oh, man. I'm a child of God. Perfect fitting. That song was perfect fitting for this this morning. We are children of God, folks. We are made free in him. That truth is something that we should never forget. The Galatians were forgetting that. The Galatians were rather wanting to go back to the old way of living. Don't go back to the old way of living. Why would you go back to slavery when you've been set free? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So don't do it. Don't do it. Understand that we are new. And they were missing this. They were missing this. So be reminded this morning that your privilege, your status has changed in Jesus. Lord God, today as we leave, Lord, we just think about this this day. We're going to gather together, um, you know, in different ways with family in small numbers. Um, Lord God, we still want to respect the, the instructions out there, Lord God. But Jesus, we do understand, God, that we are now bound to any earthly law ritual, like the law. The law was a guardian, and it was it was needed. It, it's not like it was all this, this, this bad thing. It, it wasn't. It was there. They needed it. They needed to be kept in line. They needed to follow the rules until the, the, the gift of, of your son came to them, Lord God. So they no longer need to be under that authority. They no longer need to be under that guardianship of the law, but they could be under the, 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 the grace and the freedom and the love that your son gives, Lord God. So now, instead of being slaves or instead of being um, uh, outsiders of your, of your kingdom, we are now welcomed, invited into your household. We are invited to be your children, Lord God. And I am so thankful I accepted that invitation because my life has been radically changed, Lord God. And that when we invite people out, when we say, Lord, Lord, when we say to people, like, God wants you into this family, you have this opportunity to be free, Lord God. We need to be active. We need to be willing. We need to be moving so that people can receive that invitation and be a part of your household, Lord God. There are so many people out there who need it. So use us. Lord God, so that they can look back and they say, I know what I was thankful for in 2020. It wasn't a lot to be thankful for, but I know what I was thankful for. I was thankful that I am no, no longer a child of, of, of darkness, but I am now a child of light. Thank you, Jesus. So God, use us to, give, to, 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 to let people have that invitation, Lord God, to be a part of your family in Christ's precious name.
Amen.